my sails. <laughs> so as long as you ride, I ride. <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, good morning, everyone. Are you, are you doing good, good today? Good day to be in the Lord's house. Really, really good to be here with you guys. Uh, Becky and I are so honored to be here. Uh, we, we love your pastors. We really do. We're so, so proud. The very first year that we rode this 500-mile bike ride, uh, we did a lot of side-by-side riding and dreaming about this crazy idea about planting a church in Santa Fe that would ultimately become the Grove. And uh, to be able to celebrate that and to see what happens as you continue your journey forward is just an amazing thing. And so I just want you to know you're the ones that really need to be celebrated today because look, look what God is doing. Look what God is doing in Santa Fe, in your lives, and through you with, with Serve Day and all of that. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. And I, I, hope, that you, uh, I hope that you show your love to your pastors on, a, on, a, on an ongoing basis because I can tell you they care for you. They love you. And uh, this is an amazing, amazing church to be a part of. I was thinking uh, as I came in this morning, I thought it was so neat. I, I said earlier, this is, this, this is now, this is my favorite theater uh, anywhere. My favorite theater anywhere. I, I, how, many, how many theaters do you have the privilege of walking into like we did this morning? And as we walked in, worship music's playing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the words uh, of a worship chorus that are, that's talking about the fact that grace comes like a wave crashing over me. And, uh, and I'm thinking, wow, this is awesome. This is, we should build theaters like this. And uh, you get to worship here every single week. And so it's a real honor to, to be able to be here. Uh, for these moments together that we have this morning, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna step into one of the Psalms. Uh, I love the Psalms. I really do. I, uh, as a matter of fact, my favorite Psalm is, is Psalm 37, and I, I tend to go there quite often. You know, if I just, one of those go-to places, if, if I'm going through something that's a little bit challenging, Psalm 37 tends to be one of my, my anchor points, but I, I love to read through the Psalms. Uh, any of you enjoy the Psalms? Do you enjoy the Psalms? You may have a favorite one. But uh, you, you read through the Psalms, you really find the landscape that's unbelievable. I mean, the encouragement that comes there, uh, the positive words, the, uh, the inspiration that they give. Uh, you'll find the psalmist at times just, just describing the majesty of our God and the greatness of our God. At other times, you'll find the psalmist as he, as it, it's almost like in the middle of the day, all of a sudden he just breaks forth in celebrations of praise unto God. And that's a, that's a marvelous thing. And there are other times there's instruction in the Psalms and there are promises that are there. But I think, for me, perhaps the thing that I love most about the Psalms is how, how real they are. I mean, they are, they are real. This is not a, this is not a, a fiction book, if you will. Uh, they, they, uh, they don't sugarcoat life. Uh, they don't sugarcoat God. They show us a picture. If you read through the Psalms and really uh, read it all, you're going to find that it talks about a real God in the midst of a real world, in the lives of real people who are not always perfect, don't always have their act together. They're not always, you know, they, they're not always celebrating from the, from the mountaintop. And you, you can read through the Psalms and you see all of that. And as you read through them, you'll, you'll see the psalmist at different places. Uh, like in Psalm 103, you'll find the psalmist. I mean, he is on top of the world. Listen to this. Praise the Lord, O my soul. 
all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life and satisfies your desires with good things. I don't have time to read it all, but the psalmist is saying, man, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And I mean, he's on top of it. Do you understand? But if you read throughout the Psalms, you're going to find that uh, he's not always there. He's not always there. As a matter of fact, just go back to Psalm 102, the chapter preceding this, and, and he's on the bottom. He's on the bottom. And I don't know about you. I'd rather be up here, but sometimes I'm down here. That's reality. Some of us just need to be reminded, thank God that God is always on the throne. But we're not always there. And some of us just need to be reminded that, that this relationship with God, it's, it's not just some, some souped up thing where we have positive words all the time and we just ride this emotional wave that keeps us up there. We, we live in a real world. A psalmist in, in Psalm 102, it's a prayer of an afflicted man. I don't know how you are, but if, you know, I'm reading through the Psalms and I come to Psalm 102, a prayer of an afflicted man. I want to skip that one. I just want to pass right over that one. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about that. I, that's not what I'm looking for, for encouragement. But this is real. As he says, do not hide your face from me when I'm in distress. Who's he talking to? To God. You ever feel like God just kind of turns his back on you? You ever feel like God loses your, your, your phone number? Loses your address? And the psalmist is saying, don't hide your face from me. My heart is blighted. And withered like grass. Now, we may not use that terminology, but he's saying, man, I am not doing well. I forget to eat my food. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going through the day, and I'm not even eating my food. I'm not even eating my meals. I lie awake. In other words, I'm, I'm tossing, and I'm turning, and I can't sleep. My enemies taunt me. I eat ashes as my food, and I mingle my drink with tears. I wither away like grass. It's a psalm of a, of a man in trouble. So as we look at Psalm 42 today, for these moments together, I want to I I ask us to take the mask off. Just be real. And just be real. A couple of weeks ago, I, you had Pastor Kelly here. You mentioned that a moment ago, Pastor. And I, I had the opportunity to go online and to, to catch most of that message. And Pastor Kelly's a dear friend. And I, I heard as he shared in this congregation, he shared with you, I mean, the realities of, of a journey that he's been going through. And, and the fact that, that God met him in the midst of that. Thank God for that. But he was very, very real and transparent with you. We're not careful. We, we wear a lot of masks. I think Christians are sometimes more, maybe more guilty than anyone to marry wearing a mask. We have, we have happy masks that we wear when we're really not happy. We have, uh, I'm in a good mood mask when I'm really not in a good mood. Uh, we have confidence mask uh, when we don't feel very confident. We have, uh, we have uh, best foot forward mask and success masks and spiritual mask and uh, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many times have you gotten out of your car before you walked into church and you thought, man, I gotta, I gotta put my best foot forward today. We wear those masks, but I want us to take the mask off. For these moments, I want to invite us to take the mask off because the psalmist takes the mask off in Psalm 42. Now, years ago, 
there was a scripture song that was written from the first couple of verses of, of Psalm 42. It was a beautiful scripture song. Uh, it was a worshipful scripture song that goes something like this. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. Now, you don't need to discard that scripture song. It's a wonderful scripture song. It's a great truth that is there, but there's more to Psalm 42 than that little scripture song. We don't know for sure who wrote it. We don't know for sure who wrote Psalm 42, but, but most Bible scholars suggest that, that David probably wrote it. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. But uh, the psalmist really takes the mask off in these verses, uh, and he, it, it's almost like he responds to our questions. So how's it going? How's it going? People ask us that all the time. And the psalmist responds. There are six things I want to pull out of these verses this morning for these next few moments. First of all, he says, this is where I am. This is where I am. As the deer pants for streams of water. There's no music playing. There's no worship atmosphere. I'm like that deer that pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, O God. Do you, do you sense the desperation? This is not like driving down the car and, and someone is saying, hey, you want to stop and get something to drink? No, this is a desperate search for water. This is a desperate cry from the heart of a man who is in trouble. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. My soul thirsts for God. When can I go and meet with God? They tell us that we can survive three weeks without food, but only three days without water. And the psalmist is saying, I'm, at, I'm, I'm on day three. I'm on day three. I mean, I, the countdown is there. My life is at stake. Uh, this, is not, this is not a casual drink. Uh, Pastor Eric, between, uh, as we were getting from the services, he said, would you like a bottle of water? This is not like that at all. This is a desperate place that the psalmist is at, and he says, my soul is thirsty. When can I go and meet with God? You ever, have you ever made a call to your doctor when you needed an appointment and you were desperate? You were desperate? I'm, I'm terrible about going to the doctor. I, uh, first of all, blessed with very good health. God's really blessed me. But uh, from time to time, there are those instances, and I'm, I'm just not very good at it at all. Uh, my wife knows I'm not well, but I'm telling her I'm well. And, uh, I, you know, she said, she said I, know, I know you don't feel well. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. But she knows that's code for I'm really not okay. And uh, a couple of, two or three years ago, I, I kept, was kind of going through one of those things, and I kept thinking I'll get better tomorrow, I'll get better tomorrow, but I was getting worse by the day. And finally, I find myself in my office, and, and I think, you know, I probably need to get some help on this. I'm about to die here. And so I pick up the phone, and I call my doctor, and, and the receptionist answers the phone, and I say, Hello, this is Mike Dickinson, and I desperately need an appointment to see the doctor. And, uh, you know, the receptionist is so kind and so gracious, and, and uh, she said, Well, let me check and see when we can get you in. And while I'm on hold, I'm thinking, you know, this is like 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, I sure hope they can get me in this morning. I, I, they better be able to get me in this morning. But if not this morning, they... Surely today, 
And she comes back on, sweet voice, you know, anyone who serves in those roles, they've got to have grace. She comes back on, and, and it's like July, okay? It's like July. And I'm making this call, and she comes back on. She said, uh, uh, Mr. Dickens, I'm sorry to tell you, but our first opening is in, on November the 12th. And I'm thinking, I mean, I didn't say any of this, but I'm thinking, lady, lady, do you not hear me? I am dying. I, am, I will be dead. On November the 12th. I won't need a doctor. I'll need a mortician. So you're not. What's going on here? I was desperate. Now. Obviously I wasn't as desperate as. Uh, as maybe I was feeling. I obviously survived. They. They found a. You know an appointment within a few days. And they. They got me in. But the desperation of Psalm 42. Is not like me. It's. It's the very depth of a. Of the psalmist. As he's crying out. And saying. When can I go and meet with God? This is where I am. If you met the psalmist on that day and said, Good morning, welcome to the grove. How are you doing? He would be saying, I'm like a desperate man. Some of you may have walked into this room this morning. And you may feel some of that desperation. But he goes on and he says, This is how I feel. This is how I feel. Verse 3. My tears have been my food Day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? He allows us a little glimpse into the reality of his life. We come to church and we, 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 we look a little bit better. But he's peeling back the layers and, and he's saying, he's saying, My, I've been crying a lot. Night and day. Night and day. How many of you know that sometimes if, if we cry a lot, it shows. Our, our eyes are red. Here's this psalmist saying, there's a reason why my eyes are red. There's a reason why I feel the way I do. Uh, because I've been, I've been dealing with sleepless nights. Uh, and the voices around me are saying, now, so where's your God now? Where is your God now? You just sang about him last week or, or last month. Uh, where is your God now? And the psalmist is basically saying, I don't feel well at all. I recognize that we're not supposed to live our lives based on feelings. But feelings are very real. They're very real. Let me tell you, you don't have to turn off your feelings to be a child of God. You don't have to, you don't have to release your feelings to be a child of God. God is the one who created you with feelings. And let me just tell you this morning that faith is not intimidated by your feelings. Regardless how you feel. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I like to hang around people that feel good. But God can handle hanging around people that don't feel good. Are you with me today? God can handle your bad mood. God can handle your depression. God can handle your pain. God can handle your struggle. God understands exactly what's going on. You don't have to check your feelings at the door in order to become a, a, a child of God and a person of faith. God understands your feelings. And the psalmist is saying, this is where I am. This is how I feel this is reality for me today. And then the third thing is this. This is where I used to be. It's like the psalmist. He's not at a good place and he recognizes it. He doesn't feel well and he recognizes it. But then he begins to think. He begins to remember verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. As I'm desperately crying out to God. 
as I'm feeling so low, I'm really, really struggling. These things I remember how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. I want you to see this picture. I, I, I think we really need to put it clear in our mind because the psalmist is saying, this is where I am. I'm desperate. I desperately need a, 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 an appointment with God. I'm thirsty. There's a, there's a dryness. There's an emptiness. There's a, there, there's a void in my life, and I, I, I'm struggling here. I'm not at a good place. I'm not at a good place. But I remember a different place. I remember a different time in my life. And in that different time, I was going with the multitude to the house of God. And I was, I was the one who was laughing and, and enjoying relationship. And, and I was, not only that, but I was, I was part of the worship team. That's what he talks about here. I, I was leading the way. I, I was playing an instrument. I had a microphone in my hand. Or I was part of the congregation. And we were worshiping God. And I was saying, oh, wow, God, in your presence there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I mean, this is a wonderful, wonderful place to be. But what he's saying here, he's saying, I remember a different place and the gap bothers me. The gap bothers me. There are times in our lives when we're not where we need to be and we're struggling. We recognize that there was another time in our life where things were, things were lined up in our relationship with God. But there's a gap that's there. Let me tell you what this is. This is really an awareness. This is an awareness. Because there are times in our lives where we, we want to be right, but we know we're not right. We want to be on top, but we know we're not there. We want to have a handle on things, but we, we know we don't have a handle on it. But we live in denial. The psalmist is being aware. And he's saying, this is where I used to be. And then you come to verse 5 and this is where this psalm starts to turn. If you, if you only read verses 1 through 4, Psalm 42 would be a pretty tough, pretty tough chapter. But you get to verse 5 and things start changing as the psalmist begins to speak to himself. Do you ever talk to yourself? Do you ever have conversations with yourself? I'm not talking about just mumbling. I'm, I'm talking about, do you, ever, do you ever say self? Just have a conversation with yourself. I've done that in my, in my car. I found myself having conversations with myself and then realized sitting at a traffic light that uh, the person next to me is probably sitting there saying, who is he talking to? And the psalmist says, self, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. He challenges himself. He challenges himself. I, uh, it struck me this morning, one of the songs that we were singing. You know, the songs that we sing really, uh, they, they take on different roles in our lives and our expression. There, there, there are some parts of the songs that are just worship unto God. There are some, some of the words we sing that are a testimonial. Uh, I want you, let me just remind you some of the words. I jotted them down this morning where we were singing. We're singing it to God. You are for me, not against me. 
Now, how many of you know God doesn't need, you know, God's not sitting there saying, oh, thank you for telling me. We need to declare those things because we need to remind ourselves God is for me even when I don't feel like God is for me. And God is not against me ever, ever, ever. God is not against me. I am chosen. I am chosen. Those are the words. Those are words of relationship. Those are words of faith. I am chosen and I am not forsaken. Do you see how this fits? Psalm 42, the psalmist is saying, God, I need an appointment with you. I can't get in. I'm pounding on the door. What's going on here? But in, in verse 5, it turns the corner. The song, song that we sang goes on. You are for me, not against me. Here's the psalmist saying, why are you downcast, Mike Dickinson? What's going on here? Put your hope in God. That's an action step. That's an action step. That's when the psalmist says, you know what? I've got to take responsibility for my life and my relationship with God. I've got to take responsibility for that. I need to speak to myself. I need to speak the truth of the right words into my life. Put your hope in God. That is an action step. Too many times we stand at a particular place and we want things to change, but we don't want to change anything ourselves. Uh, that action step says, I, I, don't, I don't know that I can do everything, but I can take the first step. I'm going to put my hope in God. And I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to praise Him. That, that also, uh, that's a choice on our part. Uh, I looked around this morning in the middle of the worship, uh, and, and we, you, all of us, we were, we were singing as Pastor Eric and Sincerity and the worship team were leading us, uh, and we were, we were worshiping God. We were singing words. Uh, we were raising our hands in worship. We were expressing ourselves. We were clapping our hands. Uh, but how many of you know we don't always feel like it? We don't always feel like it. Praise is not, praise is not just this, this, this wonderful feeling that, that just, just, uh, uh, just explodes from us uh, when we become aware of the presence of God. Praise is an acknowledgement that God is who He says He is. And He never changes. And He's never absent. In the storm. And he never takes a day off. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always worthy of our praise. Uh, praise is an acknowledgement that you are God and I'm not. And so I worship you, my Savior and my God. What is the psalmist doing? He is shifting his focus. He is shifting his focus. He is becoming aware. He is being reminded that God is my Savior. God is my Lord. I, I need that, that. I'm having that fresh realization, just that fresh awareness that God is who he says he is. His word is true, and I'm going to put my trust in him. This is where I am. I'm like that desperate man knocking on the door. I need an appointment with God. This is how I feel. I feel rotten. I feel low. I feel like there's no hope. This is where I used to be. I used to be in a different place, and there's that awareness. And this is what I need to do. I need, I need to put my hope in God. And then he, he shares this. This is what I need to experience. Let me just, just say for a moment, God is... 
God is not just a God that wants you to come and hear about him. He wants you to experience him. We put our faith in him. We put our trust in him. Let me tell you, things change when we experience what the word of God talks about. When we experience it, when we take that step, when we invite Jesus in, when we give God our problems, when we turn things over to God, that's when things change. He doesn't want us to just hear about him. He wants us to experience him. And here's the psalmist saying, this is what I need to experience. Step into the experience with him in verses 7 and 8. Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Have you ever have you ever been close to a waterfall? It's beautiful to look at, but it can be it can be pretty noisy. Now, try to have a conversation at the foot of a waterfall. I remember going years ago uh, to Niagara Falls and uh, talk about a noisy place. Wow, what a noisy place. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember uh, the first time I went, I was there by myself with a group of individuals. Uh, hadn't planned on going, but ended up stopping there. And uh, at the foot of the, of the waterfalls, with all, in the midst of all that noise, uh, I'm calling my wife, Becky, and I'm saying, Honey, we've got to come experience this uh, at some point. It's like she said, What? I can't understand you. You know, there's, there's so much noise that's going on there. Sometimes we live in a noisy world that just overwhelms us. It's a noisy world with all the negativity and all the junk that's going on. The, voice, the voices of the enemy, the voices of despair will tend to be noisy. He gives us this word picture of the, the roar of the waterfall. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Have you ever stood at the ocean? Have you ever stood in the water? You're in the midst of laughter and joyful things. You're, you're enjoying relationship with family and friends. And all of a sudden you get blindsided by a wave. And the next thing, you're, the next thing you feel like the, your life is coming to an end is you're, you're gasping for air. The psalmist uses that, that, that description to the roar of your waterfalls, the waves and the breakers. But then verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love. It's like, it's like the psalmist is saying, man, it seems like everything is just falling apart and it's crashing and there's noise. And I don't know what to, go, to do. I don't know where to go. But all of a sudden he sees God directing his love over me. A prayer to the God of my life. And he's saying, that's what I need to experience. I need to experience God. I need to experience God's embrace. Could I just tell you this morning, God loves you. He really does. Whatever's going on in your life. You may have, you may have made some terrible choices in your life. You may have turned your back on God. You may have wandered away. You may, whatever's, whatever may have happened in your life. But you just need to know, God still loves you. But you not only need to hear that, you need to experience the embrace. Because the embrace of God wraps his arms around us and he draws us to himself and he sings songs of love, love songs over you because God wants you to experience him. He wants you to experience him. In his presence is fullness of joy. And then he wraps it up with this is what I will do. It's one thing to know what I need to do. 
It's something else to say, I, I will do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to go another day without things being different. I'm not going to go on with the sleepless nights. I'm not gonna, what, what I'm experiencing now, it needs to change. I need, I need an appointment with God. And this is what I will do. Verses 9 through 11. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taught me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Some of you are sitting here this morning. and The taunting, negative voices of the enemy would say to you in various ways, so where's your God now? Where was God when you were going through this? Where's, where's God the way you feel right now? And the psalmist in verse 11, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Sometimes I feel like God has forgotten me. Again, Pastor Kelly, a couple of weeks ago, just being super transparent, going through some things that just didn't make sense. Sometimes I feel like God's a million miles away. The psalmist felt that way. We struggle and we're attacked by the enemy. And there are those voices of discouragement. But the psalmist is saying here as he closes this out, I'm going to put things in proper perspective. I'm going to put things in proper perspective. I'm going to turn my focus toward God. I'm going to acknowledge where I am. That's not a good place. But I'm going to acknowledge that I put my hope in God. And as I put my hope in God, things will change. Verse 11 in the message version says it like this. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix your eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising God again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. So let me ask you this morning before we close in prayer, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? Psalm 42 is an interesting chapter. It takes us on a journey from a place of despair to a place of rejoicing. In verse number 2, the question is, when can I go and meet with God? And it's a desperate cry. In light of verse 11, the question is not that. In light of verse 11, it's, when will you come and meet with God? It's like God is standing there saying, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm inviting you. I'm making you aware. When will you come and meet with God? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That's the heart of God for every one of us. In the Amplified Version, it says, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Why don't you bow your heads just for a moment? God knew we were going to be here today. He knew you were going to be here today. When he spoke to my heart to talk to us about Psalm 42. There are more exciting portions of scripture than Psalm 42. But God wrote a prescription of Psalm 42 for this day because he knew exactly where we were. 
I don't want to embarrass anyone, but just in the privacy of us bowing our heads with our eyes closed, I just wonder how many of you would just, just be honest this morning and you would simply raise a hand and say, Pastor Mike, uh, this word is the word that I desperately needed to hear today because of, because of just where my life is right now. You, we don't need to go into detail, but there are things that are going on. There are things that are happening. There are things that you're dealing with. I, I need an appointment with God. I need God to meet with me. I need to experience God. This word was for me, and I want to receive it this morning. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand real quickly and put it right back down? Thank you so much. Thank you. All over the all over the theater. Wow. 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 Could I remind you this morning that uh, it doesn't matter how many how how old you are, how young you are, what your circumstances are. This is real for every one of us. It's real for every one of us. I wonder how many of you are here today and even as you've heard me share from Psalm 42, uh, there's some of you, maybe you uh, you used to be at a different place with God, but you've allowed life to somehow create some separation. And today you want to close that separation and make sure that your, your relationship with God, you close that gap, you're where you need to be with God. Maybe you've wandered away, but today you just want to say, I want to, I want to open that door. I want to, I want to allow Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. How many of you are here today? Maybe you, maybe you came with a friend. Maybe you came by yourself. But you just say, Pastor Mike, I'm not in right relationship with God today. But today I want to invite Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want him to be my Savior. Maybe you've never invited him in before. But regardless what the circumstances are, on today, you know you're not right with God. But today, nobody's looking around. You say, pray for me this morning because I want to make things right with Jesus. If that's you, slip up your hand. I want to pray for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pray for you. But would you just allow God to just meet you right where you are? Would you allow him to meet you right where you are? If you've never invited Jesus in... Let me tell you, if you'll ask him, he'll come in. All you have to do is acknowledge him. Ask him to forgive your sins. Be your savior. We close the service. There'll be opportunities if you have questions. But I want to pray for every one of you this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you, God, that you know exactly where we are. God, you know what's going on in our lives. God, thank you that in our struggles and in our pain and in our challenges and our difficulties, you're never absent. You're right here with us. So, God, I pray for every individual who raised their hand this morning. God, there's some people who desperately need the embrace of God. Well, there's some who are opening their hearts even now to invite you as their Savior. Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that that individuals will experience the saving grace of God today in a powerful way lord i speak healing and peace and encouragement and strength i speak hope oh god there there there's some of us today god we're, we're being just like the psalmist and we're saying we've got to put our hope in god some of those things that have kept me awake at night 
I've been struggling with them. I've got to put my hope in God because God is my peace. So, God, I pray for every family, for every marriage, for every home, for every household. God, I pray that you'll minister to every situation here today. God, I pray that not one person will leave this place today without knowing the personal and relevant embrace of a heavenly Father who loves them so much. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done and for what you are doing and for your faithfulness in our lives every single day. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.